Hello everyone, this is episode 39 of the Brudo News Podcast. Uh, this is actually part two. Uh, in part one, uh, which we put out last week, you will hear about the 50 empty cans for sharing Brewdog. We welcome Tams into the show. Uh, you'll hear from her on this podcast. We also talk about the Brewdog's Tomorrow, Brewdog's Tomorrow Charter, uh, and all sorts of other little bits and bobs. Um, so if you haven't listened to that yet, probably more sensible to go back and listen to that first, uh, so as everything makes a bit more sense in this episode. Um, right, here you go. Right, we're keen to hear from you here on the Brewdog News Podcast, so please feel free to call us on 01224 518501 and leave us a message. No voicemails this week, but instead we got an email from Brewgooder Abby, friend of the show, of course. Uh, we did mention Abby's gone to Brewgooder, and she is heavily involved in their pretty amazing global gathering project. Um, I don't know a huge amount about it, uh, but I know there's a raffle. Um, do any of you guys know what the, the global gathering actually is in, in in like 100 words or less? A little bit, but <laughs> why don't we why don't we ask ourselves and we'll do a quick piece on the next episode? That sounds like a good idea. Um, yeah, because Abby's going to be coming on. So yeah, I'll get you to catch up with her then, Andrew. That sounds like a good idea. But in the meantime... Let's read out uh, Abby's uh, email. In fact, everyone's sick of hearing my voice, I'm quite sure. So Tamsin, would you do the honours of reading this one out for me? Yep. Abby is doing a charity raffle raising money for Brewgooder to coincide with the Global Gathering campaign. So this is where 250 breweries are each brewing a unique beer and raising funds to support clean water projects across Malawi. More on the next podcast or a future podcast. Yeah. There are lots of Brewdog goodies up for grabs, including a bottle of Death or Glory, three paradoxes, and lots of other Brewdog bundles. To enter, go to the justgiving.com forward slash Brewgooder Abbey page and donate a minimum of a fiver for one entry and put raffle in the comment so she knows you want to be included. Multiple entries are allowed. 20 quid donation would be four entries, for example. Make sure you don't make yourself anonymous or she won't be able to enter you into the raffle. Winners will be drawn on March the 19th, the day before this now infamous global gathering. Cool. Thank you, Tamsin. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get Abby on for that. It sounds really cool. And every time we've put a sort of one of these things out on the podcast, people have gone along and actually donated some money, especially when there's beer to be won. Uh, I'll put that link in the show notes um, uh, just so as it's right there for you. So thank you very much. Um yeah, there's well over a grand though. Thirteen hundred quid, Abby said. Yeah, which nice. is not bad, is it? So, um, just for a raffle as well. So the whole global gathering thing is immense. But yeah, we'll we'll get her on and get her to talk about it because it's uh, it's it's something she's very very heavily involved with. So uh, it's a shame she couldn't make it for this one, but she is seems like half of the rest of the world are all in Manchester at the moment for the uh, Cloudwater <laughs> Friends, of friends and Family, and family thing, and beer. which seems to be a massive event now. So. Yeah, mental note, I need to go to that this next year. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Brewdog Podcast, thank you. <laughs> uh, right, okay, Joe, Let's. Uh, we've got a bit of audio here. Um, cue oh, yes. this one up so I can press play. Right, before Christmas, I was lucky enough to go and stay at the kennels above Castlegate in Aberdeen. Um, it was quite delightful. Uh, you'll hear, I walk you through the room that I was staying in. Um, and talk a little bit about it. The one thing I think I didn't say um, is about the checkout. It was a little bit clunky, but we reported that. So I'm hoping that if anybody has been there since I went, that checkout is much better. Uh, but here is my thoughts on the Brewdog Kennels. Ace. 
so checking in to the Brewdog Kennels. Slightly different than your usual check-in to a hotel. You have to go in through Brewdog Castle Gate and then they take you around to the hotel. While they're getting your paperwork together, you have a complimentary half of anything off of the board. I had a brewed for us Brewdog versus Gypsy Hill. Very nice. Um, it then took us a little bit longer because they were slightly confused because Rob's name was down instead of mine, but that's fine. We then finished our halves and then they take you round and you were brought into the hotel and told how to get up to your room. It was on the second floor and to the right. And then you find that the rooms are all named after brew dog beers. So a slightly longer process than your usual hotel, but that's all about that experience and you get a lovely half of beer while you wait. Having a walk around now, I am in Sink the Bismarck. So when you first come in, it looks like a Brewdog bar. You're in a corridor with lots of doors and the usual kind of art. There's a lovely photograph of James and Martin. Some photos of beers. My first door is my bathroom. Got the shower beer fridge. It's currently empty. I shall have to fill that up later. I've got Elvis, loose, Elvis Juice Body Lotion and Elvis Juice Body Wash, Shampoo and Conditioner. A bath and a shower. Bit swish. I've then got next door on the right, creaky door. I have the bedroom. I have the Good Ship Brew Dog Neon over the bed. Looks like quite a comfy bed. I haven't sat on it yet. Wait. Let's sit on the bed, see what we think. It's okay. I'll give a better review once I've slept in it. And I have a really lovely picture window out to behind Castlegate. And I can currently see the lovely Christmas tree. So it's a very Christmassy view. I should take a picture of that. It will be on the Instagram. Got a full kitchen, hob, oven, washing machine, fridge, freezer, full sofa, continued lovely view of the Christmas tree, four person dining table with a light box that says welcome to the Brewdog Kennels and the brewing process, massive television and the vinyl. Now we were quite excited about the vinyl. My one request for vinyl would be David Bowie and straight at the top of the pile is Changes One David Bowie so that makes me very happy. Dire Straits, Fleetwood Mac, Elton John, Stones, Genesis, ABBA. Pretty good selection and some really good beer books. You've got Randy Mosher's Tasting Beer and the Malt Book. Some other ones in there that look quite exciting. That might be my nightly reading. It's quite big. Oh, I've just found the guitar. It is mounted on the wall. It's pretty exciting. I will update. Oh, I've just seen the canine hydration station. That is also in the living room. I will update more once I have had an actual night's sleep in here. More to come. It is now the next morning in Brewdog Kennels. We had a lovely time at the quiz last night, made a lovely bit of money from everyone. Thank you to 
everyone that attended. Um, I'm going to tell you about my sleeping experience. So, bed, it's a little bit hard for me, but I personally like a really soft bed, so I think other people think it's brilliant. Very fluffy pillows, two per person, um, and the duvet was fantastic. It kept me warm all night. I was very impressed with that. So a lovely sleeping experience overall. I'm now sat in the living room. I freshly ground some brew dog coffee with the with the coffee grinder that is provided. So I'm sat here having a coffee before I go and have my breakfast at Union Square. So I will tell you a little bit more about that when we get there. Ace, thank you, Joe. Yeah, in the interest of full disclosure, I should just say that uh, there wasn't a free room. There was no incentive. However, they did give us a little bit of discount. I think it was pretty much a bit more than you get off the FP discount. So, uh, But it was paid for normally, so this isn't a paid advert or anything like that, just in case anybody's wondering. So with that in mind, Joe, yes. give us your review of staying there. What did you think? Now you've had time to think about it. Oh, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought the room was lovely. The room, the room that I had had like the full kitchen and everything. And even though I only stayed there one night, I think it would have been really lovely to stay there like for a weekend, for a week even. You could go and explore Aberdeen and then come back and cook your own meals, pop down to Castlegate, have a few beers, come back up, you know, stumble back up, not too far to go. Um, I really liked it. And uh, the breakfast at um, Union Square was delicious. I highly recommend Union Square and their breakfast. Excellent. So you would say that this is a really good thing that should be rolling out and doing this more and more and more. Yeah, I, um, I'm excited for them to bring it to Manchester because the hubs and I go to Manchester quite regularly and I would definitely stay in it again there. Yeah, and I think it's coming to America as well in Pittsburgh yeah. or is it? Paris uh, ooh. as well. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, so it'd be interesting. So if you've stayed recently, uh, they've obviously had time to settle in, get all the teething problems out now. So it'd be interesting. My concern was always, I know how busy Castlegate Bar can be. Uh, it could be a little bit intimidating if you've arrived right at their busiest point and you're trying to get the attention of a member of staff to get you, you know, all checked in and that. But Yeah, that was a little uh, bit slow, but... Yeah, we'll see. Um, cool. Okay, new feature now. Uh, here's me talking to Doug. Doug, how the hell are you, sir? I am fantastic. So, although I, I'm, I will say I'm a little jealous. Um, Carrie and Wes just got their This Is 40 in the oh. past couple of days, um, which is pretty awesome. But yeah, a little bit of FOMO there. A little bit Carrie, of like, yeah. Carrie and Wes, they're, they're, for folks who don't know, if you're on um, iHawk or you Breed Dog Forum or, or even the, the other forum, they are very prolific. Um, yes. They are huge BrewDog fans. They're lovely people. And they were over here in the UK for um, the meetup um, at the weekend as well, the um, flight reunion. Yeah, the flight reunion. water and stuff, yeah. That's really cool. So, yeah, why, go why USA. You <laughs> um, just couldn't work it out. When I first saw the announcement of the, of the get-together for their flight reunion, I was like, yeah, I just, I just couldn't scrape the money together and the time off work, so... Yeah, I'm hoping next year I can make it because I get it. I want to get my 40 now. So after Pittsburgh, I'll have 26 total. Very good. So speaking of Pittsburgh, just before we hit record, I'll let you tell them, listeners. So, yeah, this coming week, uh, Pittsburgh Outpost uh, opens up to the public. 
And the missus and I are actually going to hop in the car first thing Saturday morning, uh, drive nine and a half hours, go to the bar, spend the night, get up on Sunday, drive nine and a half hours home because that's just what we do. <laughs> so this is the inaugural Dug in a Pub update from the USA. And uh, you've already confirmed with some breaking news and that you're going to drive 18 hours this weekend to go for a pint. Well, closer to 18 and not closer to 19, but yeah, for a pint or two. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, at that point, it'll make a difference. Brilliant. <laughs> so, okay, let's go for it, Doug. Tell us what else is going on in the world of BrewDog in America. So, let's see. What have I heard in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think we've talked about the distillery in the States. Uh, they're going to put a like a boutique distillery in the mezzanine at the Dog Tap um, in the brewery in Columbus, Ohio. And so, they're going to do a real small batch. Um, unique spirits there, but what that's going to let them do is start importing the spirits made in uh, Ellen. So I'd like to apologize to everybody in Ellen because you're going to have to work harder because <laughs> the people in the States are going to love that stuff. But I would have to assume that down the road, they're going to have to put a larger distillery in the States. Uh, so that's one thing I heard. Um, th- I don't know, Short North Kennels opened up, but I think you already posted about that. There's a new... Um, Jet Black Heart Espresso on Nitro Cans. That is spectacular. It. Uh, I was going to drink one as we talked, but and I forgot to bring one up with me. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think you're going to share the chat I had with Jenny about some of the things coming up. Um, I know Pup Dog. I don't know how many people know Pup Dog, but he did the rap at the US AGM. Yep. Uh, James is flying him and his wife over to do his rap at the AGM in April. So I'm hoping to sit down with him in the next couple of weeks and talk to him before he flies over. Uh, maybe uh, share his song again because I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, it was met with the mixed response um, yeah. that one. But yeah, yeah. kind of like stamp waking the UK that I threw out there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. all about the fun, you know. It's um, you know, there's rumors next place will probably be California, probably another outpost. You know, how do, how do you grow in a landmass the size of the United States and how do you control the growth and expand and make sure you're, you're spending money in the right places? Um, I've got uh, a tentative commitment to sit down with, with Jason, who's the new CEO for Brewdog USA. Um, so one of these times, I'll hopefully have a chat with him about, you know, what what's going on, how these, he's stepping into the new role as the CEO of Brewdog USA and anything he's got coming up or wants to share with us. Okay, uh, well, why don't we just hand over to you chatting with Jenny then? Excellent. So yeah, I guess this is the inaugural Brewdog USA segment of the Brewdog News Podcast, so... Hosted You're by... You're the first guest hosted by... Oh, by me, by Doug. <laughs> by Doug in a pub. Um, I guess the first... What's coming up next for the punks? What's going on with uh, the community with BrewDog in the U.S.? Yeah, so the next big event for uh, our equity punk community will be the Pittsburgh Sneak Peek, which we're hoping is the end of February. It all depends on that free kit we mentioned that is being rowed across the sea. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've got that coming and then in Q2 we're planning on doing um, some big activations at some of our favorite accounts in cities where we don't have BrewDog bars. Oh, okay. Um, so we're looking at Chicago, 
Cleveland, um, not Detroit, but a bar that I think is owned by an equity punk outside of Detroit. Um, but anyways, a Michigan area piece and then in okay. New York city. Oh, so nice. we're going to try to do some, um, events that bring together the community that, um, focus all of our equity punks on one account that, you know, is super wonderful to us where we can kind of build a home away from home. If you don't have a brew dog bar in your area. Uh, so try to find an active account that does a lot of business with brew dog. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully with that, sell more beer to that account, make sure that they always have Rudog on on tap and then also provide a great like location for us to host um, any kind of equity punk events for that region or community. So we're looking at we trialed a little bit in Akron. It went really, really well. Um, Obviously not going very far from Columbus. (laughs) But uh, uh, we're looking to do that trial stage with a couple more cities and see what where it goes. Yeah, and it makes sense to do those trials closer to home. Cause exactly. It's a little easier to do. Right, and you can send me in a car and you don't have to pay for my my room or anything <laughs> exactly. like that. You know, make it cheap, make it awesome. Yeah. Make yep. it scrappy. That's, that's brew dog. Yep. I know at one point there was talk of, um, you know, the AGM's coming up at an unconfirmed future date. Um, I already asked the question before we started. But uh, I know... There was talk about doing like renegade things, like off AGM time. We're definitely looking at how we can get that feel of all the equity punks coming together for a big, awesome event. Um, not necessarily at the size of AGM. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's still plans. Nothing in cement, and it probably wouldn't be until the fall. If there yeah, because what last year the AGM had. 8400 Yeah, about 8400. It was like 70 something 7000 something through the door. Yeah, uh through the door I think we had 7300 so 73. which is actually really freaking great for It was double the year rate. before. Yeah. So and, and we're half not, of what I think the UK we can was. go ahead and say we're not looking to scale double <laughs> again. Um I think we had some great feedback from equity punks from things they liked to things they didn't like. Um, and we're really focused on 2020 being like, this is a thank you to our equity punks. It's a party for our equity punks. So there's probably going to be a little less focus on, um, huge name entertainment and public ticket sales and more focus on like, what can we do to make this like something you travel forever for? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So still looking at great breweries, great beer, good music um still hoping to hit that kind of same number but hopefully from within the equity punk community instead of uh split between the public yeah because i mean it because what the ticket was like 10 bucks and then you got beer and then yeah the lineup at this last one i mean i would have paid that to see Souther alone because yeah, Souther is them. an amazing band i'm i'm always looking for that the playlist to come out and i heard them like holy Cow, this is a really good band. I'm like, wait, I get to see them for ten bucks. Yeah, yeah it was a no brainer. free because you get ten bucks in beer. True, <laughs> very true, very true. Yeah, that was about it. Just a snapshot of what's coming up. Um, you know, like a lot of the more rabid punks, as I think I am. Um, we're always trying to see you know, what can we do to, you know, spread the word. I call it a cult. I don't think cult <laughs> is a bad word. Um, it seems to fit with me what BrewDog is because there's such a you know talk about the word community the sense of community is just phenomenal I have I have lifelong friends now because I decided to invest in BrewDog Um, 
Which is weird, and it's amazing, and it's... Weird and amazing are two great words for it. I mean, it's it's why I love what I do, is that um, it's harnessing, like, using something so, like, unexpected, honestly, as, like, craft beer to bring people into a family, almost. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, sure, you can share beer, and universally sharing beer and food is, like, you know the yep. way you, that you have like experiences with people and the way you connect. Um, but what, you know, BrewDog has been able to do with building this global family and this global community of investors is insane. It's such a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. It's like, uh, Brett and I say, um, we came for the beer. We stayed for the family. Aww. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing. I, you know, some of the people I met that came over on the first flight, I mean, they're, absolutely there are people I will know for the rest of my life and it's because I saw a TV show with two wacky Scottish guys <laughs> you know but well thanks for being the first guest of on the course. inaugural BrewDog USA segment to the Brewdog News Podcast I'm so. super happy to be invited and I just want everybody to know that also Rogue the Brew Pup has been sitting here well I'll grab a picture of you and the dog <laughs> for, the, for the header so well thank you very much of course good to see you Doug Excellent, Doug. Thank you very much for that. Jenny is always lovely to have yes. on the podcast. Um, and I've, I've only met her very briefly a couple of times, and both times I've thought, damn, I'm jealous you get to do the interviews with Jenny. She's lovely. Yeah. Um, have, how's the reaction over there been to the rebrand? Pretty good. I actually saw what they did when I saw one of the boxes when I was talking to Jenny because he showed me the branding. And I really like it. After looking at it and seeing it in person, um, I think it's pretty sharp. It's really clean. Um, it kind of takes the idea of the, um, you know, the whole Apple thing where it's real basic branding. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did a real good jo job at that. But there was a six-pack on the shelf that, so on the top of the six-pack, it looked like the top of the can. The bottom of the six-pack was the bottom. So on all four sides of the box, it showed a different side of the can. And I thought that was really slick, but I don't think they went with that. No. I think they went with just the front of the can on the sides of the box. But... I told Jenny, I said, fix that. Put that back that way, because that's really cool. But, you know, and this whole, th everybody got up in arms about, hey, if you see the BrewDog on the shelf, face it and fix it. Like, I do that all the time anyhow. Yeah. I do that with product that's just on the shelf wrong, because I have friends who used to face product for a living. But, I mean, that's just, to me, that's just pride in in a, in the brand you're, you're part of. So everybody I've talked to about it's been happy with it. Nobody's really gone... You know, it's like when it first came out, everybody's really angry that, oh, I can't believe they're changing a brand. But you have to. You're, you're a small company that was trying to make a lot of noise to get a lot of attention. And then you're a medium-sized company who doesn't have to make as much noise, but you still do. Yeah. And now you're a big company who's trying to create growth and to make it more approachable for the average person and to make it fit better on the shelf. And, you know, kind of like with the Hazy Jane going to a lower ABV Hazy Jane for the supermarkets and then having the... Hazy Jane OG back at the 7.2%. I mean, it's to me, it's smart. You're, you're, how do you grow? I mean, they're already big. How do they grow bigger? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, and you can't do that when you have a hundred and what, 135,000 people who all believe they can make the decisions. <laughs> so, yeah. But people are always going to be up in arms no matter what. Yeah. 
Cool. Uh, right, Doug, we should wrap this up, but yeah. um, do you want to give a little plug to your second season of your podcast that you've just started? So, yeah, I just relaunched uh, season two of my Doug in a Pub podcast. Um, I had some friends the end of last year ask me some really, um, I thought, big questions and hard questions. So I actually stepped back from the podcast for about two months. Um, and I'm kind of starting over from the beginning. And what my podcast is about is... Um, I lived my life, and then I had uh, my wife decided to leave me, which I don't blame her for at all. Um, and I tried to commit suicide. Yeah, I, I obviously didn't succeed. And it's about how I've moved from that place, that dark of being so lost to try to kill myself, to where I am now. Um, and that's kind of what my podcast is about, is the things I've done, the the philosophies I've adopted, and the things I've changed, and how I've changed it. And this this second season is going to be a little bit more, hopefully, a little bit more in-depth about those, um, hopefully more a hands-on self-help kind of stuff this season. So, Brilliant. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I, I love editing your podcast. So I learn something well, new every time. Um, and I really love the tagline, pull up a stool and let's change the world. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. So, Doug, thanks very much. We'll catch up with you. Uh, no doubt in the next few weeks, we will be back chatting with you again. So thank you thank very you, much Robert. for this update, sir. Bye-bye. And there we go. That was me talking to Doug. Excellent. Right, let's jump into a couple more stories before we wrap things up tonight. Uh, we've still got chain gang plans still to come. So if you are a cyclist, you'll be wanting to listen to that. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about something that's going on. If you're outside of the UK, uh, you might have heard this thing called Brexit that's going on. You might even be aware that we have a uh, Tory government at the moment. Conservatives are in power. And they, uh, in the recent election that they got voted in for, made all sorts of big plans uh, that guaranteed them to win the election by the looks of it. Uh, one of those is uh, major changes to immigration. Now, not really getting into politics on this podcast. It's not that kind of thing. But I did just want to draw your attention to something that's going on. So the change that they're looking to bring in, I think it's from September next year. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Is that they are going to have a points-based system if you, as they do at the moment, with non-EU citizens if you want to come and live and work in the UK. Um they are going to be doing the same now for all EU citizens, uh, where before it was uh, free movement, which meant you didn't have to get a visa if you wanted to come work here. You didn't really have to prove anything at all. Um, the reason why this affects us is because in order to qualify and get points, you need to have it at certain levels of education or you have to have certain skills. And anybody who's classed as, in inverted commas, low-skilled... Um, is automatically going to find it quite hard to get a permit to come and work here. Uh, the exclusion to that, just for completeness, is for um, seasonal staff who come here to do things like vegetable um, picking and packing, things like that in seasonal work. But um, how does this, why am I bringing all this up and why does it affect Brewdog? David McDowell, uh, who is the uh, COO, the Chief Operating Officer of Brewdog at the moment. Is it Chief Operating Officer? Andrew, yeah, you're not doing that, me. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, something like that. I'll start again. David McDowell, who is the uh, chief operating officer of officer officer <laughs> officer of Brewdog, <laughs> you've uh, heard him on the podcast before. Uh, David, he put a tweet out last night, which I, I think was was worth drawing attention to, and certainly Brewdog did because they shared it on all their social media earlier t- the, today before we hit record. 
Here's what he wrote. I look around at the talented, knowledgeable, and diverse group of a thousand plus people who work in brew dog bars, and I think that low-skilled, in inverted commas, couldn't be further from the truth. In an industry that has a growing workforce and availability crisis, that restricting access will cause huge issues. So... There he is, Andrew's <laughs> Andrew's clapping away. I mean, he's right. This is, again, I, I don't want us to get into the politics really on this because we could go down a rabbit hole. I understand what the Conservative government are trying to do. Uh, a lot of this is about making sure that people get off benefits, get into low-skilled jobs, in inverted commas. The problem is, I don't think something like bar staff is a low-skilled job. I think if you walk into a lot of bars... Uh, you will find some people who work behind bars who demonstrate what having low skill is like. And I'm so proud to say that BrewDog staff are absolutely, they have they have a hell of a lot of training and skill. I couldn't do it. Anybody who's done dogs on deck was going, wow, I learned a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, I find it... I find it extremely patronising that uh, this is this issue is even happening, and that it is obviously if David McDowell, again the chief operating officer of Brewdog, is saying this is going to cause huge issues, it's going to cause huge issues. So there we go. Any thoughts, anyone? Should we do a politics podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I have thoughts. I'm still waiting no. for James and his boat. I was very excited yeah. oh, yeah. by that. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Well, that was a no, that was a no deal boat, so we'll need <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, we need that. Need that. When when we get royally shafted, yeah, I think well, I'll edit that of, bit out. I think. <laughs> one of the reasons that I became an EFP was because going into a brew dog bar, I knew that the that the bar staff could recommend beers to me, could talk to me about beer if I was unsure. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I love brew dog because. They're knowledgeable, and to say that they're low-skilled staff is offensive. It, it, it is. It's just offensive. It's problematic. It is going to cause uh, even worse staff shortages because I know it's one of the hardest. How many times have we said on this podcast, getting the right people into BrewDog, getting the skill level, getting the enthusiasm, it's so hard. And I think of like all the Europeans that I know in all the bars I've met, and it's just a thought that... Uh, I mean, obviously, anyone who's here now is fine, but just going forward, that that people that could be welcomed here and do such a good job are going to have find themselves not able to come because they don't have enough points. All right, uh, Joe, let's change things up a bit. Be a quality thread. Uh, tell us what. Uh, I'll just I'll let you speak instead of me. Go for it. There was a forum takeover about beer and quality on Monday, the seventeenth of February, with. Brewmaster Jason Pond and Dr. Fraser Gormley, who is Head of Quality for BrewDog. Um, I've had a look through that, Fred. I recommend that everyone goes and reads it because it was really interesting. Um, I've picked out a few of the questions and answers that I found particularly interesting. Uh, there was a question about filtration coming off of the um, hazy punk IPAs that were out there last year. Oh, yes. Um, Blimey. Yes. Um so after that, where they were trying to just only centrifuge Punk IPA, they are now using three to four micron filtration sheets and they are trialing five to six micron sheets to see how that does with the filtration. Uh, there was a question about beer concepts and scaling. So sometimes the idea for a beer is done on, it'll be done on the pilot kit. Sometimes that doesn't work. 
so it gets dumped. Then if it does work, they will scale it up. Sometimes that doesn't work and that gets dumped. Uh, but occasionally they said that um, when they scale it up, it tastes even better. So that's exciting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, there was a question about lactose in beer, quite relevant. Um, and it was clarified that it is used as a mouthfeel enhancer and it this, it has been used in the industry for quite some time to do that. It's particularly become relevant because of the popularity of milkshake uh, New England IPAs and dessert beers. And currently it is being used in the uh, AF range because they cannot find anything else that isn't synthetic that creates that mouthfeel. So that is the reason why there is lactose in the AF beers. Sorry, vegans. Yeah, sorry, vegans. Um, our own Rob had a lovely question. Did about, he? Yeah, you did. Yeah, oh, about how, like how can macro breweries... Yeah. There are other questions I could have answered for you. But um, your question about how macro breweries can produce exactly the same beer every time uh, i found particularly interesting that it was said that macro breweries brew to a higher abv and then dilute the beer down to the final product spec whereas brewdog doesn't do this um so there will be slight inconsistencies with each batch yeah i am um, um, I, I knew this because when bruce went off and did that tenants um tour uh, he was signing on it, and they, he said he was surprised to find out it was tenancies brewed to eight percent and then diluted yeah. down to four, and that's how they get around a lot of the consistency issues. Um, and I'm sorry, Joe, I'm, I'm interrupting here, no, but fine. I was I was chatting with the the, the owner of uh, the world famous Newton Arms about <laughs> this, and he's saying, "Well, why don't Brewdog do that?" If everyone else is doing it, why don't Brudo do that? And I was trying to explain to him that it kind of goes against the principles of what craft brewing actually yeah. means. Um, but it kind of felt a bit on deaf ears. So sorry, sorry, Mr. B, uh, if you're listening, which you won't be. But <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a difficult one because it was. He's he's the owner of a pub and he just wants a consistent product and he does yeah. get annoyed when tenants and he's got half a keg of tenants sat there and people won't buy it. It's a problem. So anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Carry on, Joe. No, that's fine. And also, people have got to realise that once it is out of Brewdog's hands and it is with, um, with the, in trade, then there are ways that it is treated there that may also be a factor as to why beer isn't consistent. Um, and then I also enjoyed the question from our own Andrew about ageing in cans. Um, so cans provide better protection against oxidation but it is thought that it is then expected that aging will be slowed down if it's in a can so there's still room for bottles for some of the higher abv beers or the ones that they can age um and i i also think wonder about the lacquer inside cans and whether over time that will leach out but um we were assured mm. that the integrity of the cans is looked at and brewdog work with can suppliers over this and they routinely run chemical testing to check that this the lacquer isn't leaching into the beers so that's very reassuring see i asked that be i asked that because i did my own test by drinking a paradox rye last weekend mm. um, which was the first paradox that went into cans and the test was inconclusive because there's so much going on in that beer with oh, the yeah. punchy booze and I the dry dryness the was inconclusive because i was very drunk <laughs> <laughs> no in the name of science um so that's why i was curious what they said because we were all really afraid when they started canning when when big beers get canned yeah. that over time they would be leaching out um remains to be seen i'm not convinced give us it in bottles please yeah i'd, I'd like an aging beer in a bottle please <laughs> 
Bottles are actually uh, more sustainable than cans, but I think I've lost that argument. <laughs> so yeah. I'll just let it go. <laughs> I I actually knew that, Tamsin. I did. I knew that, it, that everybody's, you know, all excited about it. But it's like, I remember when they were shifting off from having the four packs of beer and they were wrapping them in different types of plastic and trying to work it out and they ended up going with the boxes and there was people going, but this is from a sustainability point mm-hmm. of view. The boxes are way worse. But yeah. there is an argument that the quantity that they're producing them in, actually there is economies of scale that perhaps come to play. It all gets very complicated and I should always defer to you on these things going forward. <laughs> Can we not just carry 50 bottles back for a share instead? <laughs> I'd definitely Blimey. have trouble getting those on the train. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's move it on. Um, Tamsin, you've got a pizza-based one. Go for it. Yep, so uh, Brewdog alcohol-free beers are now being sold by Papa John's Pizza. Ooh. This is a trial in 23 stores across England. You can buy them as an add-on to your pizza meal for one ninety-nine each or three for £5. So this is a great opportunity for people who haven't tried Brewdog or Brewdog AF beers to try them in their homes um, I don't know about you, but when I'm having a cheesy treat, I like a bit of ABV with it. But let's see if we can get more people to love Brewdog. I love the idea that like semi-drunk people are going, all right, Papa John's, and they're going, oh, look, can I add some Brewdog in? And then they get there and they open it up and they're like, alcohol-free? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's good though. It's a good thing that they're, they're trialing this. Um, more deals like this, I love to see them popping up. So, yeah. Thumbs up on that one. Uh, Andrew, I think you've probably got one of our last stories on this podcast. Uh, online shop. God, I've given you all the negative stories this week. I'm so sorry, buddy. But anyway, yeah, James, asking for feedback on the online shop for BrewDog. This will not be the last time we talk about this subject <laughs> on the BrewDog News podcast. I think this is just this sort of opening shots being fired. So remember, yeah. about an hour ago, I mentioned that there was a resolution passed on the Monday after the AGM in 2019 where two staff members were able to basically act as a proxy for the rest of the EFPs to approve uh, a change to Brewdog's terms and articles, I guess, that said that they were able to change discounts as and when it suited them. We're now in a position where I think the first piece of that, which may have a negative for some people, is coming through. And as I say, this may run and run. And to be honest, I think this could be one of the biggest pieces of news in the first part of this year, because this could be the first time that a discount is properly downgraded. So the background to this is that, James has said, the online shop is not exactly a viable going concern basically it, it doesn't make much money yeah that, that was a surprise to me because i've always thought that the shop must do really well and make lots of money for brewdog but it turns out it's not the case yeah so it, he said this last year as well i mean it feels like the online shop has been on life support for a long long time and basically it's now in a position where all but a couple of percent of uh, sales are coming from shareholders which limits growth because it's an already tapped in market and it limits profitability because everyone who's buying from the online shop is getting a discount 10 or 20 percent ultimately so that's not sustainable and to be honest there's been rumblings for a long time from long-term efps that pricing in the online shop has crept up and up and it basically feels like the discount is baked into the list price which means that your headliners are much more expensive than supermarkets now you've asked kind of asked the wrong person here rob because i've worked in e-commerce for the last four and a half five years in fact no longer now 
Yeah, I'm old. Um, but for for a long old while, so there's plenty I could say on this. Um, but basically, Brewdog as the manufacturer needs to maintain a high uh, price point because they need to be the price of reference where an RRP, a recommended retail price, is set. So Brewdog can't be the cheapest out there. And so the online shops kind of serve that function. But ultimately, if they want it to grow, it's really uncompetitive versus even your little Tesco Expresses and, you know, they're across the country. You know, it's not just a Southeast England thing, as as many people often complain. So James presented six options, the first one being leave things as it is, um, which James has made clear he feels is suboptimal. The other options are various tweaks to the discounts, and the one that two-thirds of EFPs have voted for in James's poll, though admittedly option six didn't make it onto the poll, there's a slight error there. Mm. Um, the option that most people have said they choose is flattening out the pricing of the core range, so the supermarket beers, so they are the same price for everyone. EFPs would pay pretty much what they pay just now, and they would build in the 20% discount across the board on these beers, not just for EFPs, but for everyone, with the discount remaining on amplified, overworks, guest beers, distilling and merchandising. Now, what's interesting about that isn't so much the discount potentially going away. It's the first clear admission from somebody at BrewDog that they do bake in the discount when they're pricing their headliners, which has long been what we suspected, which... Just remember, when you buy a share, you're not buying the right to get the cheapest possible BrewDog beer. So it's never been the case when people have complained, oh, I'm, I'm getting a bad deal here. That's never part of the prospectus. But it, it isn't ideal that they've seen the way to give a discount is basically jack up the prices by 20%. So James says in this scenario, EFPs wouldn't pay any more than they do currently, but they'd be able to make pricing more competitive to new customers without losing loads more money. This would be combined with a new loyalty scheme where EFPs accrue rewards faster than EFPs. There's other solutions here about aligning bar discounts, reducing EFPs to 5% and topping it up with beer bucks, leaving discounts as they are, but you could give up your online shop discount to get the EFP Alpha Dog Punk Day that we talked about last year, and free shipping for EFPs and reducing the discounts to pay for this. We'll see what happens, and I say this will run and run, but the genie's out of the bottle, where discounts can be changed in a major way, and I think we need to do our bit, I guess, to make sure BrewDog are accountable the people who have invested in EFP6, bear in mind there's an active fundraising round going on and the discount that people think they're getting from that is potentially going to change at the AGM, the day that the fundraising round changes, uh, the day that the fundraising round closes. Ultimately though, the feedback from the community is that it's kind of the wrong problem that's being solved here. Why would you go to the BrewDog online shop? Speaking personally, I buy my advent calendar and I tend to buy an AGM order. I don't really buy at other buy stuff at other times. I go to the bars to try the beers. And when I do order beer online, and Rob, I send you stuff occasionally that I think you should try. And yeah. I just go to Honest Brew because it's a better experience. They do better packaging, small amounts. The BrewDog online shop is uncompetitive from a customer experience perspective, from a broken website that's still trying to be repaired and admittedly is starting to work almost a year on. The packaging has serious problems, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in episodes to come. The pricing isn't there, and the guest beer selection is pretty poor compared to when I first became an EFP six or seven years ago, when I was buying Stone, McKellar, Modern Times, all fresh beer that had come in from the US or from Denmark. That just doesn't really happen these days in the same way. There are many more issues than just the pricing, and it feels like this is quite a convenient way to try and shore up profitability, when actually... 
things to do with selection and user experience to generate growth could actually deliver profitability instead. I've said my piece, and just for full disclosure, I've said this on the forum before, I, due to what I do for a living in, in the e-commerce world, I've engaged with BrewDog on some of this stuff. I met with Martin Dempster before he left the business. He was the former um, di- director of all the technical elements. And I don't think they're doing the right thing. And it goes against what I thought the direction of travel was last year. But it remains to be seen how it ends up. My take is this, as a web developer, um, this isn't going to mean to edit it to a lot of people, but if you're a web developer listening to this, do me a favour, go to the shop website, put something in your basket, open up your developer tools and click refresh. Uh, how on earth a basket page can create 440 requests just to generate a simple basket page is confusing as hell. And I'm for ever see it on social media people saying like i can't log in or there's problems and just they're just being told all the time i clear your cookies change your browser clear your cookies change your browser um i think it's um a shame that the whole post appeared about the um performance of the shop not being where it's at when to my mind there is a very significant chunk i would say even 25 30 40 percent of revenue lost from the website because it simply doesn't work well for people and they're put off going there it's even for people who may be going oh yeah let's have a look at this sale that's on just now and it just doesn't work and they just give up and they just go well i'm not going there again and the net effect is terrible if this was a bar um, with these kind of issues, they would have either closed it down completely or they would have changed it and fixed it a long, long time ago. Uh, the digital team are great, um, but they're, they're dealing with a difficult situation. Um, I know Daz, uh, you know, digital listens to this. So again, I'm being negative here, folks, but it's it's been a long time and we shouldn't be having a basket page that honestly guys this is not good the way the shop is working technically uh, andrew's raising those concerns there any anybody else want to throw some things at uh, brew dog for their online shop or is it <laughs> i'm lucky i live near um a couple of brew dog bars so i don't tend to use the online shop and i think it's clear something's not working and it needs to be addressed but there's, if you go around messing around with the online shop, that is some people's only access to BrewDog. They live hundreds and hundreds of miles from a bar. Yeah. That's all they've got. And if you start kind of taking away their advantages in that, I don't think that's very fair. So on the voting, I I actually went for the one where you can either pick. So you get your discount in the bar or on the shop. And then that kind of feels fair to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, the, the online shop's my way of getting new beers because a bar from me is at least an hour and a half on the train away yeah so and, for me and to get what's your so what's your general experience of the shop the pricing the availability it is it is difficult to navigate like i went i did an order just the other day in the sale clicked on my email go to the sale it doesn't take you to the sale it just took me to beer and then I had to click on the link at the top to get to the sale and then I still wasn't finding everything but because it's my way of getting the beer I persevere with it but not everyone's going to if you go to a very nice website right it's the url is brewdognewspodcast.com go to past episodes (laughs) And then you scroll down, click on the number two at the bottom, and you'll find episode 19. And what's interesting about this was, this episode was released, this episode was published on the 23rd of February 2019. So 362 days ago, based on 
when we're recording tonight. So let's say it was a similar time last year. So it's literally a year since we talked about, and I quote you, Rob, the disastrous launch of the new website. Now, in that calendar year, they've reskinned the website now with the rebrand, and it actually looks a bit better. I quite like it now. But how can you judge year-over-year performance of the online shop when it's been apocalyptically bad for its performance in that time? I just don't get it, and I, I think it's the wrong problem trying to be solved. You don't get growth, sustainable growth, by dropping your prices. By all means, make them a bit sharper, but growth comes from selection. I mean, take the Amazon model. The growth comes from having, the, from being the everything store, as the popular book says. You know, give people a choice. Give them great customer experience. You don't necessarily have to be cheapest. You just need to be trustworthy, and then the custom will come. Do you know what I'd like to see them do, even if it was just as an experiment, is for the AGM weekend when they have a credible amount of volume, is uh, something like just just get a temporary uh, Shopify version, a cut down version, to, uh, Shopify one up and running just for that weekend and see how it goes, and just and just let people place their orders by that, and I and I'll be very very surprised if people didn't say it was a much better experience. I know you've probably talked about this, but it's it's the delivery as well. So oh god, yeah. In um, I, when they do free delivery, that's when I tend to put an online shop order, and they left a Brewdog box all branded on my front doorstep for two days in the rain. Uh, so anyone driving by could have helped themselves to my free beer. Um, so things like that. So when you do make an order and you get that kind of service. Now, for all credit to Brewdog, they did sort me out, but you shouldn't be in that situation in the first place because it's going to put people off. It's also illegal against licensing law because you, by law, have to sign for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, this isn't on Brewdog, but they do choose who the delivery partner is. I know there's a lot of difficulty about alcohol delivery. Not everyone will take it. I know Ben has done a lot of work on this, our Ben, in other roles, so he knows what's going on. Like I say, if, if you were doing a weekly business review or a quarterly business review or even an annual business review, there is such a big asterisk besides the last 12 months for the online shop that going in to try and change the pricing is solving the wrong problem at the wrong time because it's, to be honest, it's not a fair comparison. It's not a reliable comparison. Get it working and then see how trading goes once you remove all the barriers to purchase. Then let's have a conversation about whether the discount structure is right, whether the selection is right, whether the delivery options are right. But until the barriers to purchase are taken away, there's no reasonable testing and learning that can happen with any of the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, wow, this has been like a really negative episode, hasn't it? Welcome <laughs> on board, Tamsin. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's now um, twenty five to ten at night. We we need to get everybody <laughs> out of here. Um, let me cut over to me chatting with Ian, and then we'll come back for a joke. Right, uh, let's have a chat with Ian Cruz now, a new name on the show. Um, We've not heard from Ian before, but Ian, you're one of the organisers that's involved with Chain Gang. Um, Why don't you tell our listeners, especially the new listeners who haven't got a clue what we're on about, what is Chain Gang and what's your involvement with them? So the Brewdog Chain Gang is a cycling club for people who like beer and also for people who just want to get out with a group. Maybe they don't want to join a cycling club because it feels a little bit too serious, a little bit too fast, they're a bit nervous. 
We're on social rides. We post the rides up on Strava. They're promoted in the various bars. And we just ask people to come along and take part. So it was originally JB from Brewdog who oh, had yeah. this idea that he wanted to have a cycling club. He thought, what do people who like beer like? They like to getting out and doing things. People who like cycling, they definitely like beer. So let's put the two together. Uh, Brewdog gives us a ton of support. The bars in particular are really good. They give us a bit of space. When you finish the ride, anyone who takes part is able to or gets a free half pint of any headliner beer. Uh, it's been an excellent relationship uh, that we have with them and the really great thing that they've set up. Now, speaking of uh, things coming up, um, the reason why I got you on is because I noticed you put a post up about what's happening around the AGM. Um, <clears throat> to my utter admiration as someone who doesn't do any cycling, you're heading out on the day after the AGM on the Sunday, which is <clears throat> quite a scary feat, really, considering like, how I know how my head usually is on the Sunday after AGM. But yeah, why don't you tell folks about what you've got planned for that if they're up at this neck of the woods? We are going to be going out on the Sunday FGM. We've set a slightly later start time than we normally would. <laughs> normally we would start round about kind of half past nine, ten. We're giving everybody that extra hour, so it'll be an 11 o'clock start. We're going to go out, head out from Castlegate and from Inverurie, so two starting points. Meet up in the middle, take people around about some of the best rural and country roads around about Aberdeenshire, stop off at the dog tap for a wee bit, get something to drink, uh, something to eat, and then head back to respective bars. Aware that not everybody who's going to the AGM is going to be staying necessarily in the city, so folk want to meet us and drop in at certain points, as long as they let us know where they're wanting to meet us, we'll kind of give them a rough time that we'll be there. It's going to be really easy paced, really easy going. We have sort of set expectations for folk that it's going to be a bit of an all-day thing, so starting at 11 maybe getting back to the bars around about four or five. But really just for everybody who's wanting to get out, whether they went to the AGM or not, just have a good chat. Excellent. Um, we've posted that that is our post-AGM ride, but if you don't mind, just going to do a little bit of plugging because we actually have a wee bit more going on as well. We also have a ride on in the morning of the AGM. If anybody wants to kind of earn their beers for the day, <laughs> uh, one of our ride leaders who's local to Aberdeen Stevens got a, kind of 20 odd mile route that's going to be posted very soon just round about the city again just to show people who are maybe visiting want to bring the bikes up with them just a wee bit of what Aberdeen's got to offer and if anybody is up for a wee bit of a challenge either from Edinburgh, Stirling or Glasgow whether that's because they live there or whether they're wanting to stop off there on the way we're also going to have some rides that are actually cycling up to the AGM from those locations the day before or the couple of days before there's a lot of chain gang stuff going on in regards to outside uh, the AGM itself. It's really, it's it's really thriving, and I'm I'm really chuffed that it's going for it. Now, uh, we we were speaking before we started recording here. Um, we were talking about Brewgooder because we had the email from Abby earlier on. Uh, but you're doing something for the Brewgooder Global Gathering as well, I believe. That's right. So we spoke to Alan. He'd mentioned that they've got the global gathering and just wondered if the Brewdog chain gang wanted to get involved. We're starting it out just small and local, see how it works for the Scottish uh, chapters. And then potentially if they do the global gathering again next year, which by looking at the amount of people uh, that are involved already, I can only imagine they go from strength to strength. 
we're going to hopefully be able to do it on a much wider scale. But again, Glasgow is going to have a ride on the Saturday and the Sunday for the global gathering. Edinburgh's looking to have one. Aberdeen is going to have one as well. What they're going to do is go around some of the venues that are going to be taking part, both the Brewdog and the non-Brewdog bars and breweries. Uh, and the Sunday from Glasgow, we're going to do another big long ride up to Loch Catron and Loch uh, Venneker, which is where central Scotland gets its water supply from. So just keeping in with that clean water theme. And away from the cycling activities, we're also planning to have three beer runs, which will be one in Glasgow, one in Edinburgh, and we've asked the guys who do the Brewdog Run, which this March is going to be taking place from Dundee to St Andrews. More credit to them. They're going to actually tie in with the global gathering as well. So we're going to have these runs, which will go via some of the venues and some of the breweries that are taking part too. So if you want to be involved or you just want to earn a couple of samples for some of these amazing beers that are going to be made as part of the global gathering, we've got a bike ride or a run in those locations for anyone to get in touch and we'll have some more details on those going live in the next week or so. You've actually saved me a job there. The very next thing on the schedule was to mention that the Brewdog Run, uh, Dundee to St Andrews on the 21st of March. So thank you very much for covering that, Ian. Appreciate it. Davey, who's uh, yeah, Davey, who's organising that, was uh, really keen to just help out. He's been brilliant too. So yeah, a big tip of the hat to him for letting us kind of in with that they're actually running a coach um i meant to mention this they're running a coach from aberdeen and allen and i know tickets are selling out really fast for that because the limited number so um if if you're interested in the brew dog run have a look on the forum you'll find all the details there if people want to find out more about chain gang in general or, or just more specifically about all the things you've mentioned here where should they go what's the best way to start finding out about that stuff so we are on social media you'll find us on facebook we're fairly active on there we do our posts on instagram and all the rides that actually are run they're posted on the strava page so if you just go if you're a strava user search brewdog chain gang and you'll see it there uh, again if you go into your local bar and ask most of the bars should know if there is a chapter if there's not one get in contact with us on the facebook page and let us know that you want to start one and not only will we get you set up as a right leader, but we'll give you all the help and advice that you need to kind of get yourself started running a chapter yourself. The last way that you can find out a little bit more about the Dog Chain Gang, if you want to get involved, whether it's just taking part in right or running a chapter yourself, is we're actually going to have a stall at the AGM ourselves. We did this last year. It was standing room only. We'll be doing it again. We're going to have two bikes set up with turbo trainers, we're going to have the training programs with, which is basically like a computer game mixed with sitting on a bike actually pedaling. We're going to have some prizes on the go. Uh, I would definitely get there early for two reasons. One, it's going to be busy if it's anything like last year. Two, sitting on one of those bikes after you've been enjoying the AGM for four or five hours <laughs> isn't the best. <laughs> it's not the best time to do it. But yeah, we'll be there all day at the AGM. There'll be right leaders uh, from the Brewdog Chain Gang, some of our volunteers there, just there to chat about the rides we put on, happy to give people any sort of advice or information that they're looking for just about it. So please do just come say hi. Um, Ian, I really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with me today. I, uh, I believe you're actually in a pub as we speak. I am indeed in a pub as we speak, so apologies for the background noise right now. <laughs> Not at all, it sounds fine. Uh, Ian, thank you so much. Uh, we shall definitely get you on in the future, and I will catch you in person at the AGM coming up. Can't wait. You have a good night.
Right. Uh, in the absence of Bruce, uh, I said to Tamsin, do you fancy doing us a joke, a bad joke? And, and to her absolute credit, she said, yeah. So I'm not promising we're not going to sigh. But at the same time, let's not be too mean. Okay, Tamsin, over to you. Well, just in case I wasn't invited back, I went for a slightly longer one, but just bear with me. Go for it. A duck walks into a bar and goes up to the barman. Have you got any bread? Barman's like, no. Duck walks away. A little bit later, duck comes back in. Have you got any bread? Barman's like, no, I don't have any bread. This is a bar. Duck says, fine, walks out. Comes back again. Have you got any bread? Barman's like, no, I still don't have any bread. Go away. Duck's like, all right, goes out. Half an hour later, comes back in. Have you got any bread? Barman says, look, if you ask me for bread one more time, I'm going to nail your bill to this bar. Duck says, right, you are. Comes back in five minutes later. Have you got any nails? Barman's like, no. Have you got any bread? (laughs) Oh, me. (laughs) I I first heard that joke in... (laughs) The year 2000, <laughs> when my primary seven teacher exactly. told us it before an exam to try and soften us all up. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It was bar related. I thought it was on theme. Yeah. It's good. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's it for this podcast. A final mention for our Patreon campaign. Please visit patreon.com forward slash brewdog news for all the details and find out how you can get the podcast today before everybody else. You'll see the video that Kev from Border Digital did and all that good stuff. Okay, uh, let's give everyone a chance to say where you can be found online. Let's start with you, Joanne. Uh, I am Joanne Love Beer on the forum and I am a woman's brew on Instagram. Awesome. Andrew, yourself? You can find me on the Brewdog Shareholder Forum as Andrew. Not hard. Nice work. Uh, Tamsin, you did a fantastic job this evening. Can we get a little mini round of applause for Tamsin, please? Yes, thank you, Tamsin. (laughs) Absolutely awesome to have you on. Tamsin, if people want to come and tell you you're wrong on things that you've said, where can they find out? (laughs) I'm on the forum as Tamsin and xTamsinX on all good social media. Awesome. And you can find me at Sunscream with an M at the end on Twitter and the same Sunscream on the forum. That's it for this week. You can send us a voicemail to our local rate number 01224 You can email us studio at brewdognewspodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash brewdognewspodcast. Our Twitter is at brewdognews. Our Instagram is brewdognewspodcast. Joe, myself and Andrew doing that. Andrew doing a fantastic job most of the time. Joe putting pictures of beer up most of the time. <laughs> very very good stuff Uh, show notes of past episodes are always available on our website at brewdognewspodcast.com forward slash oh no hold on there's no forward slash there shut up Robert and just get to the end I'll tell you what everybody let's just go (laughs) have a great week everybody Bye. bye 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 Right, I'll take a sec. How are you doing, Tamsin? Good. Excellent. I think I think in about ten more goes, 
I'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're doing fine.